Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is your host, Don McCauley. Today, we're welcoming the program author, Tom Burkhalder, and he is the author of Everything We Had, a novel of the Pacific Air War, November through December 1941. Uh, before I bring in today's guests, a quick reminder that selected interviews are available on our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store, as well as on TV on the Roku channel and Amazon Fire TV. Our app name on all platforms is simply The Author Show. Tom, how are you? Just fine, Don. How are you today? Good. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. I'm a writer, quite obviously. I've studied uh, mathematics, law, and fiddled around with a bunch of stuff over my life. The only thing I ever really wanted to do seriously was write. So that's what I've been doing the last 10 years or so. I had a fairly extensive education in a lot of different areas. So the problem with that is I don't know a lot about any one thing, but I do know a lot about a lot of different things. I was a mathematics major in college. I worked for an engineer for many years as an engineering technician. I've studied law, worked in a law firm, was a mental health technician at one time, although I'm not so sure which side of the locked door I should have been on. Been married, divorced, so you can see I've had a lot of life experience, and I try to bring all of that to my writing because that is the one true consistent passion that I've ever had in my life. So tell us about your book. Well, everything we had is about how America went to war in the Pacific in late 1941. And the story centers around two brothers, uh, Jack and Charlie Davis. Those brothers are pilots in the U.S. Army Air Forces, and they are sent to the Philippines in November of 1941. So in November of 1941, we were trying to hold on to the Philippines. The Japanese basically had it surrounded on three sides. The Japanese have to take the Philippines because they are going to strike south and take oil from the Dutch possessions in Java and Borneo. And the Philippines lie right along that supply route. So we're sending basically everything we have to the Philippines. And when the Japanese go to war, it's not a question of if, it's just a question of when. But when they do go to war with America, Jack and Charlie are only going to have one question on their minds. What am I going to do when the Japanese come? And that answer is going to depend on all the luck, training, and flying skill they can muster. Now, who did you write your book for? Who's your target audience? The short answer to that would probably be if you've ever wondered what it was like to fly and to fight in World War II, this book is going to answer some of those questions for you. So that's kind of if you've ever looked up when an airplane goes overhead, or if you've ever watched a World War II movie and really enjoyed it, or wondered what it was like to be in a P-39 Aero Cobra or a, a B-17 Flying Fortress, or you've gone to an air show and really enjoyed going through the old warbirds and maybe, if you were lucky, talking to some of the old veterans about what they, they went through, this book would be for you. So could you say there's any type of central message or perhaps underlying theme that you would say runs throughout your book? Well, the title, Everything We Had, conveys it pretty well, and there's actually a double intent in the title. I mentioned before that the U.S. sent nearly everything it had in their inventory to garrison in the Philippines. And the two main characters also will have to risk everything they have simply to survive. And if you want, it's also a story about, you know, to put it in terms I'm not quite comfortable with anymore, 
duty, honor, and character, and how the people in the story discover who they are in those terms. And something you have to remember about people back then, duty, honor, and character were things they cared about and felt deeply about. So that's the central message in the book. Everything we had, we gave it. So if you had to choose, what would you say is the single most important idea you're sharing in your book that's really going to add value to the reader's life? Rudyard Kipling wrote a poem called Recessional, and there's a line in it that always stays with me. And it goes like this. One more thing we would ask of you, pray for us heroes, pray, that when fate lays upon us our task, we do not shame the day. And the point to that to me is that there's always been a question in my mind, what would I do? So I'm going to ask the reader, what would you do? How would you measure up? What do you think would happen to you? And that's what I really would like to convey here. And like all of my books so far, the events are real and real people went to form my ideas here. And the history is pretty much the way it happened. And my entire goal is to make the story as true and faithful to history as I can. It's not a history book. It's a novel. It's fiction. But To me, the important idea is to remember the past for lessons of courage and endurance and hopefully to inspire the reader in those moments of their lives when they need courage and endurance. So if you could compare your book with any book out there we might already be familiar with, which book would it be and why? This is going to be a bit immodest, but I would say Homer's Iliad. Homer's Iliad is one of the great war epics in human literature. But it's about what war actually means to the characters, and it's written from a very realistic perspective. And that's exactly what I've tried to do as much as I can. Now, in a more contemporary sense, James Jones wrote an excellent book, The Thin Red Line, and that also is close intent and, I think, in style. Jones quite deliberately set out to tell the story of what it was like on Guadalcanal in 1942. And he told the story through fictional eyes, but Jones was there. He actually fought on Guadalcanal. Now, I can't do that, but I do try my very best. So what led you to write this book? You kind of have to ask my subconscious about that. I thought of myself for years as a science fiction writer, but I always had this idea in the back of my head that I'd write a war book someday. And I was writing a um, science fiction story, and this was in 2010. And suddenly I couldn't even think about it anymore. And it took me a few days to figure out what I really wanted to do was to write the story that became Boxcar Red Leader. Now, that's the third in the series of which everything we had is the first in chronological order. But what happened was when while I was writing the third draft of Boxcar Red Leader, I realized that the central characters, Jack Davis and Charlie Davis had earlier stories to tell because both of them fought in the Philippines and during the Java campaign. So those two campaigns became the basis for everything we had set in the Philippines and a snowball's chance set in Java. So tell us about a couple of characters in the book. Well, there's Jack and Charlie, of course. I've already mentioned them. They're from a moderately wealthy family. And their father, Frank, is also a pilot. Frank learned to fly in World War I. So both his boys grow up wanting to fly. Charlie is the elder brother. He went to West Point. And in those days, the Air Corps was a branch of the Army. And when Charlie graduates from West Point in 1939, he ended up flying B-17s. Because in those days, in the Air Corps, bombardment aviation was considered to be the better career path for for an officer. Uh, Jack, uh, he's a little more of a daredevil. He doesn't really want a career in the Army. He wants to be a writer. 
but it's pretty obvious by 1940 that war is coming because you may remember the Nazis are on the move in uh, Europe, China, and Japan have been fighting since 1937. So Jack signs up for Army flight school in 1940 and subsequently goes into pursuit aviation. And pursuits back then is what we call a fighter now. Another character who's a favorite of mine is Charlie's Navigator, a fellow named Al Stern. And Al is a little more typical of the young men who joined up before Pearl Harbor. Al wants to be a physician, and he's in pre-med when the Germans invade France in 1940. And like millions of other young men, even like Jack, Al puts his life on hold to help fight the war. So what are some of the research methods you use? Well, almost anything can serve your research ends. I flipped a car one time, and as I went rolling down the road, I remember looking at the way the horizon rotated and thinking, gee, so you're in the cockpit of an airplane. That's what a barrel roll looks like. And uh, you know how they always talk about writing instructors will always tell their, their pupils, write what you know. So that's one way you can learn, learn what a barrel roll looks like. I don't recommend it, obviously. Pictures, photographs are absolutely invaluable. The old saying about a picture being worth a thousand words, that just doesn't go far enough. You learn a little about the history of the time and place, a picture can go a long way to providing context. Early in my research for this series, I ran across a picture of the Operation Shack of the 8th Fighter Group, and this was in Port Moresby, New Guinea, in April of 1942. It was literally a grass hut built by the Papuans, and you can see this grass hut with a big sign on it that says 8th Fighter Group Operations and a couple of phone lines leading into it, and that tells you in just one picture, how completely unprepared we were to fight the war in a place like Papua New Guinea. And it's the kind of priceless detail you can use to convey that unpreparedness to the reader. Google Maps is another invaluable aid. You can find how far it is from one place to another. And if you're flying in an airplane, you only have so much fuel. It's helpful to know how far, for example, uh, Port Moresby in New Guinea and Rabaul, which was a major target for the Army Air Forces in World War II, and that's on the north end of New Britain. So what's been your most rewarding experience since publishing your book? Definitely. When some old guy who pretty obviously was there and did it looks you in the eye and says, look, you did a good job, that's, that's, that's what it was like. I have an old friend who was in the Navy in World War II, and he was sure I'd been to Port Moresby because what I wrote matched his memories pretty closely. I had another friend who was in the Philippines, and he was sure I'd been there too. Quite aside from that, when you have people who review your book and they say that you put them in the cockpit with the characters, well, that's exactly what I want. That is what I want my reader to experience. Just literally looking over the shoulder of the person in the cockpit in the middle of a dogfight, and that's exactly what I want. Maybe one of the more rewarding things was when I had a fan send me an antique Army Air Forces E6B flight computer. And so I use that now to do navigation problems. And when somebody sends you a gift like that, you know you've left an impression. So how would you describe your writing style? I try to write a lean, straightforward prose. To me, that's the way that I won't say easy for a reader to understand, but You'd never want the reader to have to stop and figure out what you do. So to me, you write it lean, you write it straightforward. You don't try to impress anybody with how many polysyllables you can cram into a sentence. I don't want the reader to stop. I want to be able to create a movie for the mind's eye of the reader. And you know what happens when you stop a movie. You know, everybody looks up and starts thinking about other things. You don't want to do that. A lot of the time when I'm editing, 
I see, okay, eh, you've used passive voice here. You've done something else there. This is not smooth flow. So the idea in editing is to make sure you've got that flow at all times. And as far as stylistic influences, I'd have to say Robert A. Heinlein and C.S. Forrester, mostly because I read so much of their work when I was young. So in your opinion, who should buy your book? If you've ever looked up in an airplane passing overhead and wondered what it's like to fly, to actually fly yourself, to, to, to be a pilot, this book is for you. If any of your ancestors fought in World War II, this book is for you. If you have any curiosity at all about the air war back in World War II, it's most definitely for you. If you like to go to air shows and look at the old warbirds, this book is for you. If you have a sense of adventure and want to know what it's like to face something pretty daunting and challenging, well, this book is for you. Do you have a website? I have one under construction as we speak, which will be up in the near future. In the meantime, I have one at tomburkalter.wordpress.com, but as I say, a much better one is under construction. Well, this has been just great. Our guest today has been Tom Burkhalter, and he is the author of Everything We Had, a novel of the Pacific Air War, November through December 1941. Tom, thanks very much for being with us today. Thank you, Don. It's been a pleasure. This is Don McCauley wrapping up another edition of The Author Show. Go out there, buy the book today, and please share this interview with your friends so that they, too, have the opportunity to discover our guests and their work. The Author Show can be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Selected interviews can also be found on major platforms like Amazon Fire TV, the Roku Channel, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, and many more. And whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books to read, the Author Show is a great place to start. Check us daily as we continue to introduce wonderful authors of very interesting books on The Author Show. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.